Welcome to Go and Make from the Archdiocese of St. Louis, equipping you to live the great commission of Jesus Christ to go and make disciples of all nations. Welcome to the next episode of Go and Make. Last time we talked a little bit about the vision of evangelization in the Archdiocese of St. Louis. And we want to make sure that as we record these episodes that we have a little bit of practical mixing with the vision. So we want to talk about what evangelization looks like on a day-to-day basis. We also want to talk about how we do it, what's going on in the world today. And to help us do that today, I am really excited to welcome Dave Baranowski with us. Dave's a good friend and a colleague, uh, has been at the Archdiocese for about 12 years. Yeah. And Dave is the Director of Stewardship Education and Leadership Development for the Archdiocese, which is a mouthful, right? Yes. Yes, it is. So Thank thanks you. for joining us here today, you, Dave. It's great. Thanks. It's been Thank really you. fun. So as we get started, just tell me a little bit about your story of faith. How did you come to uh, want to work at the Archdiocese, want, want to practice your faith as well? Sure, sure. Uh, 63 years old, uh, cradle Catholic, uh, went to Catholic grade school, St. Andrew, Bishop DeBerg High School. Uh, always believed in God. Not sure that I ever had a relationship with God in my, in my early life. Um, uh, married my wife when I was 23. Uh, our kids, we went to St. Francis of Assisi Parish. Uh, the kids went to school there. They went to Catholic high schools. Uh, we did all kind of the surface level Catholic stuff. But I guess I would consider myself more of a, I was probably a convenient Catholic. I was Catholic when it was convenient for me, when other priorities didn't take place. We, we did other things instead of church, if, you know, other things were more important to me at that time. Um, then uh, fast forward, uh, f- I turned 44, my, my mom dies. My mom dies suddenly and uh, very sad over it. Uh, talked with my wife, family, friends, really not getting any relief. So I decided to talk to our pastor, Father Gary Gebline at St. Francis. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the truth is, as I said, I wasn't, uh, I always believed in God, but I wasn't a good Catholic. Um, so Father, this my little joke is, Father Gary knew me more as envelope 153. He really didn't know <laughs> That's me, right, right? Yeah. right. So, uh, but the beauty of Father Gary was he spent like two hours with me. And, uh, and I don't remember exactly what he said, except he invited me to go on a retreat at the White House Jesuit Retreat center at the at, uh, which is just minutes from saint francis um so you want me to go into the whole oh yeah, yeah. give me the whole the whole deal yeah, I'll go the whole, story. Yeah, sure i'll go i'll go the whole deal so um i had uh, i had a great job in the corporate world uh, i worked for the world's largest brewery uh at that time in their marketing department which is what anheuser-busch now it's inbev anheuser-busch <laughs> but it was uh, anheuser-busch back then and i loved i loved i loved working at anheuser-busch i loved that place anyway uh, so, uh, missing my mom, going to this retreat. Um, now the only other retreat experience in my life at that point had been my senior year of high school at Bishop DeBerg. We went over to Our Lady of Snows, uh, but we snuck out for pizza both nights. So I'm not sure that that <laughs> you didn't get as much out of it as, not as, sure you, that as that you could of, have. Yeah, yeah. yeah as a retreat, yeah. right. So, um, so go on this retreat and, uh, the open, if you've been to the White House before the opening dinner. They, they give you kind of all the logistics of what's going to happen. And at the end, they say, after, after dinner, the silent part of the retreat will start. And I guess uh, this is how naive or not paying attention I was. I didn't realize this was a silent retreat. <laughs> so they said, any questions? Well, I, I raised my hand and I said, I'm here for the other retreat, not the silent retreat. Well, everybody 
erupts in the laughter. <laughs> so I'm, I'm literally trying to leave now. I'm trying to leave, but they, they won't let me leave. Thank God. So I go, uh, there's 85 men, it's packed, and uh, it's in the little chapel. And the only spot left in the chapel is directly in front of Father Kabicki, who is our spiritual leader. I mean, I am literally sitting like as, like you, but maybe five <laughs> feet back. Front and center. I am sitting there like, oh my gosh. Father Kabicki says this. He says, um, over these next three days, don't pray the way that you normally do. Instead, take this time in silence and listen to God. And, and Brian, I will tell you, you know, I've heard that before, right? But for some reason, you know, I, and I realize now it was the Holy Spirit. It hits me like a ton of bricks. So uh, I, I'm thinking about this. Okay, okay I've, um, my prayers were always negotiations. This is, this is how selfish I was. You know, God, if you do this for me, I'll do that for you. This right. is how I pray, yeah. right? This is how selfish, self-centered I was for my, my entire life. Lucky God that yeah. you would do those things for him, right? You know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> My entire life, this is how I was. Um, but now all of a sudden, uh, okay, so I'm going to so I'm gonna silence. I'm going to listen for God. Well, the Holy Spirit puts this thought in my head to pray for every person that I had ever met in my life. So I, I was running these little movie reels in my head in pictures and places, and I was jotting names down. So after three days... You know, if you ever do this, you quickly realize God has put a lot of wonderful people yeah, right, right in your life. So um, that time too, I had I, I was aware of the Stations of the Cross, but I, I really every day I was praying the Stations of the Cross multiple times. Well, that Saturday night, the last night, I came to the twelfth station. You had this beautiful outdoor yeah, yeah, Stations yeah, of yeah, the Cross yes, there, right? Yes, you yes. can kind of walk through. Yes, a little yeah. trail. It's yeah. lit up at night, and I go in uh, mid. April. So it's, it's beautiful. You know, the flowers are starting to bloom. It's beautiful. There were a zillion stars out there. And I get to the 12th station and where Jesus is crucified. And in one hand, I've got the prayer guide. In the other hand, I've got all these people. And I'm looking up at the crucifix and all these billions, millions of stars. And I, I hear this voice in my head say, Dave, I'm the one responsible for your joy. I'm the one that put all these people in your life. And I, and I, I mean, I, and I'm not like this. Or I, I wasn't like this. Yeah, I right. am now. You kind of are now. I yeah. am now. <laughs> I mean, I fell to my knees and I could feel this. Uh, it was like goosebumps, like this wave of gratitude. It was literally like my mom putting a warm blanket around me. I mean, mm. that's. Wow. And, and I said, Jesus. And again, Dave, I am the one responsible for your joy. I put all these people in your life. And all, all I know is it, it was as real as me and you sitting right here. But in an instant, um, everything that was important to me before suddenly was not important to me anymore. I mean, it was literally like that. And I, I felt just I was overjoyed with just this like freedom. And I, so I finished the stages of the cross and now it's a silent retreat it's about 10 o'clock at night on Saturday. I walked down to the parking lot and I pulled my cell phone out. And I called my, my wife, Sharon. So you're cheating. Yeah, I'm yeah. cheating. Yes, I, right. cheated. I cheated. We'll I forgive cheated. you. I cheated. Yeah, yeah. I cheated. I called my wife, Sharon, and um, I said, Sharon. And the first thing she says to me, she says, are you okay? And I said, why? And she said, you don't sound the same. Hmm. This is the first thing she said to me. Wow. And I said, Sharon, I, I'm not. I, I just met Jesus. And she said, what? I said, I just met Jesus. I said, I cannot wait to see you tomorrow. And I hung up. 
And then um, <laughs> she goes to bed thinking, yeah, what in what, the world right, is, what going is going on, on at the White House? Right. So, and we only live like three minutes from the yeah, White House. Right. So she didn't come charging the gates. So I, uh, I had this unbelievable encounter that I have never had before because I've never opened myself up to it. I'm, I know God was always knocking on the door. Sure. I was never open. So, um, so, so from there, uh, I was 47. Uh, there was a, a big takeover at Anheuser-Busch uh, that the, the InBev group came in and took over. And I, and I will tell you, probably a year before that, I was, I was questioning myself. This was the Holy Spirit, I think, working on me. Like, I, I, loved, I loved my job, and I'm not criticizing anything, but I started having these thoughts. Is, is this it? I'm, I'm like working at a beer company, which was great. I mean, I loved it. But is this it? So I was questioning whether or not I should be there. Well, uh, in, 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 the, in the tales of uh, Anheuser-Busch there, I was able to get an early retirement. I was able to get out at 51 and a half and get, get everything. And then um, they asked me to actually stay for another six months. So I had like six months to like figure out what I'm going to do. And um, I would in, in that probably two years prior to that, Sharon and I started getting the review. So I, I was back in. I was all right. in on Catholic, right? So now instead of just being the coach for all my kids, I'm on the stewardship committee. I'm in St. Vincent de Paul. I'm in all these different ministries. Your awakening right? has yeah. led oh to actual yes. changes in your life yes. too. Yes. Right? I'm just how it's supposed to be. So that's good. and I and I and I love it. Right, I love doing all the all this stuff up at St. Francis. I love that our parish, and I love being involved up there. Um, so I, I take this early retirement, um, still wor working, but now discerning what I'm going to do. We get the um, St. Louis Review, and I'm reading it at the counter, and the and I'm very, as you know, I'm very old school. They <laughs> they have uh, they have one ads in the back of the mm. thing, and I see a one ad for, um, it was for the annual Catholic appeal, a, uh, a job for the working for the annual Catholic appeal, and I said I looked at Sharon, I said Sharon, I'm going to apply for this job, and you know God bless Sharon, she said you know Dave, I know you're all back in, and this is great, but. You, you might be setting the bar a little too high. Do you know anything about your faith? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Right. Like you love you're, it, but yeah. You're setting the bar a little yeah. high trying to get a job at the Archdiocese. I said, well, all they can do is tell me no. So uh, I came in for an interview with Brian Niebrugge, another friend, and uh, we're talking about, the. he's talking about the annual Catholic appeal, and I guess I'm responding, and, and I should tell you, it's after this retreat, I was, I I was on the uh, parish council I came off parish council and Father Gary asked me, hey, there's this thing called stewardship. We want to get this started. You're coming off the parish council. I want you to lead this. Put you to work. And I said- Like a good pastor. Yeah. And I said, okay, I have no idea what this is. But so then in this interview with Brian about the annual Catholic appeal, I am talking about steward stewardship, blah, 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 blah. Brian calls me back the next day and says, hey, Dave, he goes, um, I want to- I Talk to you about something else. I said, "What's that?" He said, um, "In in a couple months, the lady Sue Urshan, who was the, uh, you know, uh, I got a little joke about that. Sue Urshan was in the job; she was going to retire." He said, "After talking to you, would you be interested in that?" And I said, yeah, "The stars are aligning. Yes. The constant reminders." Yeah. And yeah, I right. said, "Yeah, I would love to do that." So I came back in and, and ultimately uh, got hired uh, to be the steward, the, the job that I'm in now, the stewardship guy for the last eleven and a half years. Um, so my little joke about Sue was, Sue was outstanding. She, you know, basically started the office, got everything set up. She's a very devout, wonderful, beautiful Christian example, mm. Catholic example. 
So my little joke was, I know what the guy that had to come in behind Babe Ruth felt That's like. That's right. Yeah. Cause right? she had yeah. hard to live up to. Yeah. yeah. So I walk in and, and when Sue was gone, people are calling, well, I want to talk to Sue. And I said, well, Sue's Me too. not here. I would also like to talk to <laughs> Sue. I need so her back. Like, yeah. So Sue, yeah. So, so that, That's that great. was really yeah. the start of it. And, and it wasn't, and I, I mean, to be honest, it wasn't like when I left the brewery that I was going to work for the Catholic church. Right. I, I was, I was exploring all kinds of things, but that was the one that that the Lord hit. kind of pulled you in. Yeah. yeah, and and I, and you know, I've been here eleven and a half years now, which it it seems like just yesterday, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And again, my my time here has been whatever I've been able to do to help people. It pales in comparison to what I've received. Wow, you know what I mean? Because yeah, we, we get to go to mass every day. We we get to go to you know the priests come in once a month for confession. We've got prayer. We got it's everything beautiful. we need. Yeah, it's a great. This isn't really kind of know, spoiled. We're kind of spoiled. On yeah, and it, I mean, in a way, we it's work not, like a hundred feet away from Jesus. Right. You know, no big deal. And, and literally, know? our yeah. offices yeah. are right by yeah. the, the yeah, sack. And, and it's really not. I mean, I, we get paid. Yeah, sure. But it's really not work. It's like what I do now, right? Because, like I said, the, the things like the the music I used to listen to, the the things I used to watch on TV, none of I, that. It, that it's not even important to me anymore. Um, now I listen to Catholic radio. I, I read now. I, I wasn't a reader. I read Catholic books. You've always got books on your desk all the yeah, time. Right. I read all the time. So this is the, the the conversations that my wife and I have now. You know, really, Sharon and I have been married forty years, and I would say the last fifteen has really been the sacrament of matrimony. That it should have been. December third of nineteen eighty three. Yeah, sure. Um, and and now the um, you know the whole White House. It, it, you, you want me to just keep? I'll just keep rolling. Well, I, oh, oh, go ahead. Well, actually, yeah. let me say this. I think yeah. that one of the reasons I love hearing your conversion story and the way you talk about how you came into your job and your faith is I think it gives people an idea and an example that everyone's conversion looks a little bit different. That for a lot of people, they might show up to a silent retreat and it might be too much or they might not be at that spot in their, in their journey yet. Or, you know, some people have that St. Paul moment where you see the light, you know, and you, you get knocked down on your road to Damascus and, and everything changes. And that's for you in some ways, that's what that was. It, that's tw- exactly what 12 it was. station, 13 station, 12, 12 station. Yeah. The cross was yeah. right yeah. for other people. It's a little more of a slow journey. And I think even you talked about it, recognizing in your own journey of evangelization, the kind of different phases you went through of like, okay, I had this, this hunger, this spiritual hunger that I couldn't even name because I'm sad about my mom and being sad about my mom probably has me thinking about the meaning of life and the afterlife sure. and what does all this look like and what I it wanted mean. to see her again. And yeah. And, I wanted to see her and here again. you are in your career before that and you're working at Anheuser-Busch and you're probably working what, 50 a lot something, of hours. Yeah, 60 hours a week, yeah. right? Oftentimes. And you're going full speed, full bore and you're, and you're trying to make the money and move up the ladder and you don't have time for those thoughts, right? But yeah. when that evangelization journey, a lot of times it's trying to make space for people or to try to figure out, you know, in their life, what's going on that we can relate to maybe some things that are more supernatural. So it's it's not even about telling people what the answers to the questions are so many times. It's it's creating the space to get them to ask the questions. That that's a that's a great point. If I would have just, you know, so what you just said, looking back on my life, it was like, oh my gosh, God was guiding right. this whole thing. I mean, the way I met my wife, I mean, everything. It, it's no coincidence that this happened. I mean, this was absolutely a plan. Um, and and so what I read about saints, right? And that's why I love reading about saints because I, there, many of them were, they didn't start out the right way, right? Yeah. But then they they had this holy moment 
of clarity. And then, and once you have that, there's no turning back. I mean, there, there's, there's, no, right. there's no, something changes. And I, I think that frustrates no people sometimes too. And they're, when they're trying to evangelize, they're trying to go out and make disciples because, you know, in our work, we go out and we do different trainings with parishes and parishioners and people all over the place. And what do they want to know? They want to know, tell me what yeah. to do. Tell me what program we should run. Tell me the thing to say to someone. And there's no, there's no formula. You know, it's, it's definitely yeah. more art than it is science. Yeah. Uh, something I love to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll probably say it every episode of the Go and Make <laughs> podcast. It's more art than science. But so knowing where people are and trying to get to, to lead them. And we might think someone should know the answer. Or I've told them the answer. And it doesn't, it doesn't click because they're not open in their hearts and the Lord hasn't moved their heart in a way. And again, hearing the, the role of the Holy Spirit in kind of opening you up to, to be ready to receive that grace finally, I think is really an important kind of point of just understanding. And, and it's the reason that accompaniment of people we talk about nowadays mm -hmm. is so important because if we're skilled in walking with people, we're going to be better at, at trying to help them ask those questions and maybe see when those moments of grace are happening and invite them deeper, which is exactly what Father Gary did for you. Yep. Yeah. So uh, to, to that point, um, Opening yourself up to those. Uh, so as I, I was never a patient. Patience would not have been a, a word to describe me. I was the opposite of that. You ask your wife and yeah. kids, yeah, right? Exactly. You know? <laughs> but I, but I think now, um, because I it was 47 years old before my discipleship moved out of obligation. When Sister Josephita told me in first grade, go to church or else you're going to go to H-E-Double Toothpaste, obey, baby. right? Yeah, right. But then in it, when I turned 47, I had this encounter. Actually, I met Jesus because and it wasn't him. It was me. I, I opened myself up, mm -hmm. right? Now I go out of love. So it's helped me actually be more patient because what I'm finding now is my our three adult children that have uh, at various spots of coming back to the faith, they ask questions now. And, and, it, I, 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 and I, I'm not... Um, like pounding on the desk, sure. you've got to do this. Right. But I, I can, they always ask me, dad, what'd you do today? And I'll tell stories when I go to parishes. Like, so today I'm going to have lunch with my son. I said, guess what I did, Scott? I had a podcast with Talking Brian. about my faith journey. Right. Yeah, right. They want to know about this stuff. So it's leading them to be open yeah. about it. And um, and, and, and the, the prayer, like St. Monica, right? We just had the Feast of St. Monica and, and St. Augustine this week is, you know, the, the pray for the conversion of our, of our family and friends. But it's just having people just be open. Just be open to the possibility that God might, has a plan might for you. be yeah. saying yeah, something new right now. Well, and I think, again, the other reason I wanted to have you on and talk, um, you know, without a, without a big theology outline is that you don't need to know a lot to get started. And that's where you started giving of your time and giving of yourself. And I think that a lot of times we we don't go out and try to evangelize because we don't think we have the right answers. We don't feel equipped. It's kind of a common theme again and again. Um, but the reality is I love coming into work every week and I always hear your stories of what happened on the weekend. And, <laughs> and, and what happened on the weekend is Dave got into a spiritual conversation with someone because you're looking for it. You're you're yeah. looking for the uh, the openness of of what that, you know, is going on in those people's lives. Yeah. So, uh, to the whole theology thing, you know, I, I, I didn't have a theology degree. You know, I, I, my I kid that I barely knew the 10 commandments, but what, when we talk with people, the thing that I do have is this relationship with God. Right. And nobody, nobody can out talk me about my relationship right. with yeah, God. Right? Right. Nobody. And for you, I, I mean, for all of us, nobody can out talk you about your relationship with God. So whatever the, topic of the day is, whatever topic you want to get on, all I know is this is how my relationship is and this is how my life's changed. 
and I think it's it's when people hear that, it's just being uh, courageous. So now, like you said, my head's on a swivel. I am constantly, how can I integrate a little God talk? And what's what's great about it is my wife, we, we're on the same thing. As, as we meet people now, Sharon's much more, oh, by the way, did you know Dave did this or we did this? And it is amazing that, that you know, God is not dead. Contra contrary to everything that we hear on the news, God is not dead. People are craving to talk about God. They're just waiting for people to talk to that will just, will honestly listen to them. Yeah. We'll just listen to them. Yeah. Well, we're so busy, right? We overprogram yeah. ourselves. People are always looking down at their phones and trying to figure out what's next or what's going on or what they're missing out on. And what they're missing out on is looking up and looking at the stars and kind of pondering their place yep. in the universe. Okay. So if you had, you know, we've got just a few yep, minutes yep. left here. If you had just some practical tips, if you could go out and tell someone, here's a couple things you could do. To, to overcome your fear of sharing your story or sharing your good yep. news, what would you tell yep. people? So the first thing is, with, is pr obviously prayer. But when I say, when I'm talking prayer, is simply thank God for everything you have. So many people struggle in prayer, but if, if you just thank God for everything that you have and are, you'll be praying all day. I mean, if you're really intentional, from the second you wake up, thank God for a woman that would be married to me for you know 40 days. Thank God for a job. Thank God, blah, blah, blah. I have found just thanking God has helped me in conversation throughout the day. So that's the first thing is, is thanking God. The second thing is find find a group, find three other buddies, and either all men or all women, and uh, just get together every other week for lunch or for breakfast or a cup of coffee, and uh, read the gospel reading for the day, mm -hmm. and talk about how that how that's yeah. You don't need a fancy on. Bible study; those are good too. You don't need. Do a theology course. Just what's what's the, the church telling us to, what to listen do this. to? Yeah. So I've, I've in a, a group of guys uh, from the White House. We got together, and this is in the last two years. This is probably the coolest thing in in my faith life. It's I mean, it's literally four guys I've known forever, and we all know each other's. We all have similar pasts, but now we're at a point where all we do is talk about God and how can we help our friends and family get to that same place. So thank, pray. It's pray just. Pray gratitude. You'll be praying all day. And then get get with a few guys uh, because what's happening as, as when we started, because I work at the archdiocese, I was kind of like, well, Dave, you, I led the prayer. I did this. But now I rarely get to talk. These guys, well, let me pray. Let me read the gospel. It didn't um, start that way, though. And it didn't start that way. Yeah. But what's happening is when you um, model it, right, you, you model it and practice it. Model it and practice. And it's, Accompaniment, it's, mentorship. It's, we can give it a lot of yeah, disciples. Those, a lot of different words we can those use. Words are. But it's it's what Jesus did for us in the incarnation. He came to be one of us so we yeah. could become like him. Yeah. And when we do that, when we try to be like Jesus, we have to do that for other people too. And and sometimes that means going into the mess. Like these conversations don't all happen at church. They're not always intentional. Like you've talked about yeah. going out to the lake on weekends on the boat, drinking <laughs> some uh some Anheuser-Busch products, perhaps. Yes. And um what I love too is you always say that people see the change in you and they say, Dave, what's different about you? And they ask you about it and it opens up these tremendous Yeah, and I'll, and I'll come out and said, I, I met Jesus at the 12th station at the White House retreat yeah. on April 13th, 2007. I mean, yeah. at 19, I mean, I know the time and the right. hour. And again, I was fortunate because most people don't have that, like you said, that St. Paul moment. God, that's what I needed, right? And now I can't stop. Well, and if you don't have that big moment, that big St. Yeah. Paul moment, I can talk about mine is when John Paul II came to St. Louis in 1999. Very clear, like, 
something is missing. Something has to change. I didn't have all the answers in that moment. Right. But I knew what I was missing. Right? And you but wanted I was to, missing. You wanted to right? seek it out. <laughs> but even if you don't have that, I always tell people just pray for the Lord to reveal to you the ways that he's moving your life. And you go do a holy hour on that and then maybe another one and another one. You're going to start to see that you do have some of those moments. You just weren't maybe as attuned to them. I think it's a beautiful thing. You bring a good point because when people talk about the slow build, it's, they'll say, but you know, I remember when I went to Eucharistic adoration on this. It's like, yeah. if you really think about it, there's like, oh yeah, there is a point where right. some, something changed. Something changed. Yeah. So, But again, I think the, the key is just... Um, be willing, and, and, and the other practical thing, and this is the hard part, is being available on their time. Yeah. Not when it's convenient for Dave, but when it's convenient for them. Because yeah. the, my some of them, but they'll they'll call, talk whenever. That's that's the important part yeah. is when they need to talk, you're available. Do it. Yeah. That's that's the that's the key. Yeah, it's heaven when you have a heart for the lost and a heart for evangelization. It becomes less about you and your own faith. And we all want to grow closer to Jesus. Yeah. That's obviously very important but you're willing to make a sacrifice, not only to grow in your own faith, but to make a sacrifice to help another person yeah. grow too. And, and you don't even, yeah. you know, we, we use the word sacrifice. Sure, yeah, yeah. But, but it give really, it your own time. Right? It, it, but it's a joy. It's actually, you're yeah, getting more yeah. out of it than oh my you're, gosh, than yeah. you're It's getting. really yeah. not. I mean, and, yeah. but it's that flick of the switch. You know, and it's the same thing about mass. People, well, I don't get anything out of mass. I hear this all the time. Well, what do you put into it? Right? Yeah. I mean, it's literally yeah. just the change of attitude. What do I put into it? If I'm not putting anything into it, just like any relationship, if you and I didn't talk to each other, if we didn't share stories, we wouldn't be friends, right? Right. It's the same thing with God. conversation would have been a lot harder. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's well, the we same share thing. these stories every day. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So well. So thanks a lot, Dave. It's oh, been a, yes. a real joy um, hearing your stories. I know we'll have you back. We'll talk more about stewardship. We'll talk more about what's going on in your evangelization work sure. with uh, individuals. Because there's always something that's popping up. So thank you guys for tuning in. And it's reminding you to go and make disciples. <laughs>